Hey everyone, welcome back to Newsies Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 1992 Disney movie musical Newsies one minute at a time. I'm your co-host Aaron. I'm your co-host James. It's Minute 85, which begins with David under the carriage and ends with Jack turning as Pulitzer comes down the stairs. Or whoever it is. Well, that's true. I guess we don't technically know who it is. We even, even though we've seen sights, I suppose. And Yeah. But yeah. yeah, let's talk about sights for a minute. He looks sinister. Yeah. So I have my note about, I have four notes for this minute. Okay. Uh, nope, I lied. I have three notes. One of them just happens to be two lines long. It's a bad note. I will read it to you verbatim because okay. it's it's ridiculous. But yeah, I have sights seems not so good in this get him inside moment. Mm-hmm. Like, this, it's like the first time that I haven't loved sights. He has like a whole different look to him. Like, I didn't recognize him at first. Yeah. I had to sit there and be like, was that him? Yeah. It had to be because I don't know who else it would be. I like to think that he was pissed at Pulitzer. Pulitzer. Yeah, same. Because, and like the whole situation where we're bringing this kid home yeah. to us. And Snyder's here and he hates Snyder. Because yep. we all hate Snyder. Because fuck Snyder. Yep. I like to think that he's not mad at Jack. Yeah. Just That's, disappointed. It, it's it's late at night. Yeah. He's probably tired. He's probably not supposed to be working. Right. I mean, they're at Pulitzer's house. Right. Which we don't know yet, but we kind of infer that right. that we're at Pulitzer's house. So, like, he's like, look, this is not even my office. Right. Like, I am at the boss's house. Right. Basically going to bully this kid into doing what the boss wants. Right. This sucks. Yeah. And yeah, but it, it it was a definite moment of, I was like, I don't, like in this headcanon that I have created for myself on this watch through the movie where Sights is everyone's dad and Racetrack is the actual star of the movie. Right. I'm really bothered by the fact that dad seems upset. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's true. And it's that, it's very much that vibe. Yeah, I don't like it at all. Yeah. I have another note that, so when they approach the house, like the house is up here yeah. and the driveway, like... The way the driveway and the gate seems to be is like they are approaching it from, if you're looking at the house, from the right. Okay, yeah. Um, so there's like this long drive up towards the house. So as they drive up, the house is on their right as they drive up. Yes. But then, and so that's what we saw in the last minute. But then the carriage pulls across with the house on the carriage's left. Right. At the beginning of this. So it's all, I guess it was like a circular driveway and they took the clockwise way around. Like, they took the long way around to get... It has to be the the 1899 equivalent of backing into a parking space. Like, when they go to leave, they'll be pointed in the direction that... Yeah, it's definitely a circle that, like, It just seems weird that they would not pull up, like, just pull directly up and then circle back, like, you know, go counterclockwise around the circle. It seems weird that they would go the long way around the circle to be facing... To be already facing out when they get back in the carriage. Because they're going clock, they go, they go clockwise. They must. Yeah. And it, it has to be either so that they can be pointed in, like they have to go less to get back out on the road, or maybe there's some sort of uh, cultural, traditional thing where the the door's on the left. I was just going to say, maybe the door, maybe there's only one door. Yeah. That's possible. Yeah. It just seemed like a weird, like it was a weird thing that I noticed, and it seemed like a weird choice for them to make if there wasn't a reason for it. Like, just pull up and get out and then get back, you know, when you come back out, get in and drive around the circle instead of driving around the circle at the beginning. You're ba- Yeah, you're basically doing, I mean, that's that's why I think of the backing into a parking space. You're, yeah. You're doing the same amount of work overall. Yeah. It's just like when you're doing it. Yeah. 
Do you want my last stupid note before we get into your legitimate good notes? Uh, I have... Well, hold on. Let's not oversell them. Uh, I have (laughs) David removes the pin connecting the horse and the carriage. So that's my note. My note is, okay, so David gets off the carriage and stands behind it to watch Jack go in. So they're all like getting Jack out of the carriage. And David's just standing there in plain view of everyone. Right. Not really even pretending to hide. But then he Catherine Zeta Joneses himself underneath it afterwards. Right. And I wrote, why? And as I was typing why, he took the pin out. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. Never mind. I seem to recall that. Um, it's a very Marx Brothers uh, move. Because like, there's, there's, a, there's a, recur- a running joke in the movie Night at the Opera, I think. Okay. Where Groucho plays this guy who's basically like uh, tricking this widow into sponsoring this opera singer. Okay. And so, or no, it's, it's a, I'm so sorry. It's Duck Soup. Groucho is the president of this country. And he every time he goes to have a meeting or do anything, he has uh, his driver pull the car around, and it's Harpo. And every time he gets in the car, it's a motorcycle and a sidecar. So he he starts off by getting in the sidecar, and Harpo pulls off, and the motorcycle and the sidecar just stays there. Okay. So then he's like, uh, uh-uh. uh. The next time he gets in, next time he comes out, he's like, no, I'm not, I'm not such a fool. I'll drive the motorcycle. So he gets on the motorcycle. And he goes to go, and then the sidecar drives off with Harpo in it. Okay. Like it's a car. Mm-hmm. So it feels sort of like that. It's like a, it's like a, ah, uh, we're going to trick you into thinking you're going to go, but like there's a prank. It's a, it's yeah. A, it's not a prank because it's clearly a strategic, like, sure. tying shoes together so that they can't run after you sort of deal. Yeah. But for horses. Yeah. But it feels, it, it has almost the feel of like, oh man, this is going to be awesome. Yeah. There's like a prank level to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The hiding behind it, though, like, and I know that that's just a, like, for the purposes of the movie, you need to see that David is watching this happen, and the only, like, what he would actually do would be to kind of quietly get off of his little perch and go around to the other side of the carriage where no one can see him. Right. But they need the audience to know that, yes, David is still there, aware of what is happening. Right. So instead, they just have him get off his perch and just stand there awkwardly. I mean, it's not really awkward, I guess. He looks like he's being sneaky, but like if the footman dude or whatever just looked even like an inch to his right, David would just be standing right there. Yeah. The the footman's passive perception is not great. He's he's doing actually that that actor was like standing there very deliberately not looking. He was standing there kind of with his head like turned a little bit to the left to make it quite clear that he was not seeing the man standing over here. (laughs) Pay no attention to the boy standing behind the coach. Exactly. Um, When Jack wrenched his arm away from Snyder, Mm -hmm. I think I, at least this time I expected it, and I feel like it's an expectation that I sort of remember. I kept expecting Jack to turn and see David, Mm -hmm. and that sort of is what justified David standing within sight. Yeah. Um, was was that Jack was gonna do the thing and then like not be like oh hey Dave hiya Davey hiya Davey <laughs> um, but he was gonna be like oh okay I see I see David yeah but he didn't no I think that David standing there visibly is for the kids in the audience to not be like mommy where did David go where's David shut up I'm watching the movie <laughs> yeah all right so you have actual notes well I have I just have one I have one more thing okay and that is notes on Noni White okay who is the other uh, credited writer of this movie all right we did Bob Sudiker yep in an episode that has already come out so mm-hmm. here 40 minutes later or something yep is his wife oh oh okay Noni White yeah 
or she's his, she, he's her, her husband. Uh, they were married in 1976. Okay. Um, and so she has, her top three are all things that he also worked on. Okay. Which is interesting. Uh, but she did the screenplays for them, which is kind of interesting. So she did the screenplay for Anastasia. She did okay. the screenplay for Tarzan, the animation screenplay for Hunchback of Notre Dame. And she is credited as additional story material for Lion King. Huh. And I am like, my imagination was set a little bit on fire by the idea of that. Like, what was her, what was her job? Like, the, the, uh, in the jungle, the lion sleeps tonight part of the, of Timon and Pumbaa. Like, what was her additional story? Is additional storytelling was? Additional story material. Story material. Huh. Like, we have the Hamlet plot. What else do we need to to have to like it was she there for like all right what this plot that we have is about an hour noni get in there and and give us like half an hour more yeah and i I would assume that additional story material is more like fill in some of the blanks but she's probably not doing any of the actual screenwriting right she's just like okay you've got your rosencrantz and guildenstern characters right let's i don't know they need a song right make it like I, i found this phrase hakuna matata is that something? Can you do that? Do something with that. And if not, um, no worries. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I wonder if maybe she fleshed out some of the... Maybe she did some of the... Um, it's been a long time since I've seen The Lion King. There's Rafiki tells Simba some stories, but it's not like... They're not like African... Prover- uh, proverb is the wrong word, but like fables or anything. Right. Rafiki's basically like... Hey, I'm weird. Mm-hmm. Oh, but also I know the truth about your dad, and I know the truth about you, and also I'm magic. But it's not like she would have had to be like, oh, yeah, well, here are some African fables that yeah. Rafiki can tell yeah. Simba. I wonder I wonder if it's like, I mean, like, I, it would depend on when in, the st- when in the creation of Lion King she was called in or used. Yeah. like, I would almost, like, additional story material, what animals are in Africa? Yeah. Like what we need a like a like a, a um an assistant or like a a vizier for for Mufasa. What what are some like snooty birds? Yeah. Um that yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's an there's a, a podcast called Awesome Movie Year. Uh-huh. And they're doing the they're doing a full they do 12 episode seasons of one year where they have all these categories. Okay. So I've listened to the first episode and it's uh like best best box office of the year. Um, which was Lion King. Okay. Um, and so they talked about Lion King, and one of the things they said was uh, they had a, hy- a hyena. They got sued because they made hyenas look bad. Like they had like a hyena lawyer, like that was representing like like wildlife cons- com- conservationists or something like that that were specifically about hyenas. That they're like, and I think actually they joked about it on the show. But now as I'm saying it, I wonder if people were like killing hyenas. <laughs> That, yeah. that's less good. I mean, I will say my knowledge of hyenas comes pretty exclusively from the Lion King. So yeah. I kind of thought they were assholes. Yeah. But also, I feel like a lot of wild animals are assholes. Mostly. I mean, I don't yeah. have a great opinion of like lions either. Right. Because, you know, I've seen enough stuff of lions to know that they kind of, you know, rip antelopes to pieces. Right. And... Some of them are bloodthirsty and try to, you know, kill off their brothers and their young cub nephews. Yeah. You know, the things you learn from Disney movies. Uh-huh. But so, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so she also, uh, she was in an episode of Little House on the Prairie. Okay. Uh, she was in Falcon Crest, 
with, I did a collaboration search on Newsies and Falcon Crest. Ten other people that worked on Newsies were involved in Falcon Crest. Whoa. Including uh, tech people, like perhaps and whatever. Sure. Uh, but actors, including Morris Delancey. Okay. And Mrs. Jacobs were all oh. in uh, were all in Falcon Crest. Okay. Uh, she played Noni White played Mrs. Chapman in the CBS after school special Babies Having Babies, which well. I think I wouldn't have written down, but I think that's one that we sort of guessed that uh, one of the newsies. Yeah, I'm was only in, seventeen. Yeah. Or please God, I'm only seventeen. Yeah. Which was, I feel like I feel like that was Trey Parker. I feel like that was Trey Parker too. Okay, so we I think we guessed like oh is it teen pregnancy. No, I think this was the teen this pregnancy. This was the teen pregnancy. I think I'm Only 17 turned out to be like drunk driving. Yeah, something yeah. like that. And, okay, this last thing, this last thing I have blew my freaking mind. Okay. She played a Donahue audience member in the movie. It's so funny because I remember copying and pasting this the last time this movie showed up. And I can't believe that this is the second time this movie has shown up. In the movie, The Positively True Adventures of the Alleged Texas Cheerleader Murdering Mom, which we have mentioned previously because the guy that plays the mayor is also in that movie. What? The Positively True Adventures of the Alleged Texas Cheerleader Murdering Mom is a movie that two people that worked on Newsies are involved in. Is there a By the Minute podcast for it? Because I kind of want to watch it. (laughs) The Positively True Adventures of the Alleged Texas Cheerleader Murdering Minute. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to twit. I'm trying to figure out what the Twitter handle would be. T P T A O T A T A T C M M. Oh, cheerleader C M M. Yeah. Underscore pod. You can do cheerleader minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless there's a but I'm a, but but I'm a cheerleader minute. Cheerleader murder min. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, so isn't it wild that this... I was like... Or murder mom men. Murder mom men. There you go. That's fun to say. Yep. Right now, it would be annoying. What is the plot of that? Did I ask you that before? Um, I don't feel like I know what the... I mean, I'm assuming that the plot is about a mom in Texas who allegedly murders some cheerleaders. (laughs) (laughs) But like... If you thought babies having babies was a very clear uh, (laughs) title. But like, is it like a... True right. story, like a documentary or a lifetime no, movie. No, it's definitely a. It's definitely a. Uh, okay. Um, Is it a comedy? I think it's a comedy. Okay. Wanda Holloway tries to hire a hitman through her ex's brother to kill either or both a cheerleader and her mother. With the inten- the intended victims out of the way, Wanda's daughter gets the chance to become a cheerleader. When the media get a hold of, get hold of the story, Wanda's trial turns into a media circus. It stars. Um, Holly Hunter, Bo Bridges, Swoozy Kurtz. Now, it says it's positively true. I think that that's a tongue-in-cheek. really... Okay, I was really hoping that this was basically a true crime documentary. <laughs> um, also, just really quick, there's an actress in this movie that plays a waitress. The actress's name is Nellie Bly. Oh. Which is really... Wasn't she, like, the yellow journalism? She was the first female journalist. Like, she was a big, huge female journalist that uh, Joseph Pulitzer hired to work yeah. for the world. Was she the one who, like, investigate, like, now I'm trying to remember back to journalism class, and I've completely, I remember the term yellow journalism. Right. I've kind of forgotten what it is, but was she the one who, like, went undercover in, like, a psychiatric hospital? Uh Was that also yellow journalism? Uh, Yellow journalism is is basically, like, sensationalist tabloid style stuff. Okay. 
Um, yes, but actually we just read about uh, her in my daughter's Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls book. Oh, is she in that? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. We have both of those books, but I don't think I've read about Nellie Bly in it. Um, we read about her last night because I was like, Newsies Minute. Mm-hmm. Um, she did that, and then she did the, she went around the world, because Around the World in 80 Days came out by Jules Verne. Yeah. And so she took the challenge to try and beat it, and she beat it by like six days. Oh, wow. Yeah, she can't, She did it in like 72 days, 11 hours, and six minutes. Nice. Yeah. So, Wouldn't yeah. it be awesome, Nellie Bly? Right? And there's an actress also named Nellie Bly, which, like, I guess if your last name is Bly, maybe they're related. Maybe. I guess if your last name was Bly, you'd like be like... Nellie the fourth or whatever? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah. I mean, it has, like, Holly Hunter and Bo Bridges yeah. in this movie. Weird. Anyways. So that's Noni White, the other credited writer of Newsies. All right. Um, okay, so social media, we have a Twitter for the podcast. It is at Newsies Minute, but individually, I'm at Unabashedly Aaron. And I'm at Unabashed James. We also have a Patreon if you would like to become ambassadors and financially support the show. You can find us at patreon.com slash Aaron and James. As I say every week, I have no idea what's coming next, but join us next week to let's find out together. Yep. But until then, soak them for crutchy. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.